The University of Utah has signed head women's basketball coach Lynn Roberts to a contract extension. How much further can she take the Utes? That's coming up next on Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Good evening. Welcome into Locked on Utes. It's your host, Austin Faser here. Thanks for tuning in on a late Wednesday night. I appreciate your your listening, your listening to your servitude. I want to say servitude and listening in the same word because I feel like you're doing me a service by listening. I don't think that word exists, though. So um, anyway, moving on. Uh, coming at you on a late Wednesday night. Uh, but uh, it's so it's unlikely that you're my first listen today. But if you are, greatly appreciated. Thanks for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. As a reminder, we're live, uh, not live, but we're uh, we're posting, uh, you know, free and we're available anywhere you get podcasts. So, again, thanks for tuning in. Um, Austin here. I'm your smart Alec. I'm your uh, opinionated, um, loud, um, a little obnoxious, um, but very passionate host talking all things University of Utah. And the thing I really wanted to touch on first today, as I mentioned in the cold open, is something that I don't think gets the kind of attention that it always deserves. Um, something that I think um, should be appreciated more, and I think has been appreciated more, um, as represented by the gesture shown by the University of Utah. Head women's basketball coach Lynn Roberts has been signed to an extension through 2027, that's a long ways away. I hope we, I hope our society makes it that far. But if it does, Lynn Roberts will be the head coach of the uh, the University of Utah women's basketball team, and I think it's an extension that's very well deserved, especially considering the season that uh, that Utah had last year. Of course, they played in the Pac-12 championship game, lost to Stanford, one of the best teams in the country. Um, not that that you know that not a huge um, surprise that they lost that game. Um, but they did secure a berth to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2011, and they grabbed a win. They won when they got to the tournament. They they beat Arkansas, lost in the second round to Texas in what was virtually a home game in Austin. Um, it's still a really nice season by Utah, one of their best seasons um, in recent memory, um, certainly in the last decade. So an extension for Lynn Roberts is very deserving, uh, and I, I think uh, I think it just is really kind of shows – you know, this has been a kind of a slow burn for Utah, that, that, that program, the, the women's basketball team. Um, Lynn Roberts has been a part of the program since 2015. Um, they've been consistently pretty good. I think they've had multiple 18-win seasons since she's been there. Uh, but even in, in, you know, those years when, you know, there was, she was building something, um, maybe the, the wins didn't come as often as... Uh, she would have liked, you know, I, I think it was still clear that, you know, she was, she was putting together uh, a program that the, the university could be really proud of. She was bringing in really high quality athletes and people into the program. And I think, uh, I think now the women's basketball program is something that can be, um, can be really um, enjoyed and really appreciated, as I said, Um Lot, yeah, there's just a lot of good stuff. You know, obviously the win over Oregon in the Pac-12 tournament was huge. That basically propelled Utah into the NCAA tournament. 
Um, but they, they had a really good year all year round. I was just looking at some stats here. There's there's some kind of impressive figures here. Um, turns out Utah last year was the highest scoring team in the Pac-12. And what helped is they led the league in three-pointers made, assists, and free throw attempts. So if, if, you, if you can be a league leader in those three categories, there's a really good chance you're going to have a very successful team. And that was the case last year for the... Uh, I know they don't like to be called the Lady Utes, but let's just call them Lady Utes for the sake of brevity. Um, Gianna Kepkins was All-Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. Um, but, yeah, Utah still has some really solid athletes coming in. I think I think there's a few um, girls that can really make an impact on day one. One of them happens to be Taya Sidberry, who is coming in from Judge High School. Uh, Judge Memorial High School. They don't like it when you just call it Judge High School. It's Judge Memorial High School. Uh, she comes into the Utah program as the all-time leading scorer in Utah high school basketball. Um, she uh, broke the record at some point last year in her this last year in her senior year with the Bulldogs. So, still a lot. There's you know Utah's built up this program and this being something that's really respectable. The um, I, I think the way you think about women's college basketball, I think this is probably the way it is now. Is you have your tier one teams, teams that are just on another level, you know, your Yukons, your South Carolinas, they won the national championship, um, your your um, Stanfords, your Notre Dames. I think th- those are the, your tier one teams. And then I think there's a pretty big drop-off to get into that tier two group. And I think Utah might be somewhere in this tier two group right now. Um, and getting there is no small feat because I think the gap between these tiers gets increasingly larger. Um, so I think for Utah coming into a position where they're playing in the Pac-12 championship game, puts them squarely there. You think about where the program was before they came into the Pac-12, playing in the Mountain West, I think that tier is would be significantly lower than where they are now. And it, it's, it's a huge challenge. It's kind of something that uh, Kyle Whittingham alluded to. He just said, you know, it's kind of like climbing Mount Everest going from the Mountain West, the Pac-12 Conference. I suspect that mountain is equally um, daunting for women's basketball programs. And I think it's fair to say that uh, Utah's made significant progress getting up that mountain. And, and Lynn Roberts is certainly a, a big part of that. Um, I've had the opportunity to just interview uh, Coach Roberts, you know, after games. I've covered a few Utah women's basketball games for Desert News and all that kind of stuff. And I'm always just really uh, impressed with um, how well she articulates herself. She, I mean, obviously she's a basketball coach. She understands the game really well, and uh, she just she brings a really good energy. I can I can see why people like her a lot. She's she's a really good fit for this program, and uh, I think uh, someone that you fans can be excited to to see for the next uh, five years. So 2027 that seems that seems like a really long time away, but it 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 probably won't be. It probably won't feel that long. Uh, 2027. How old will I be? I'll be. Oh yikes! I'll be 35. That's that's disgusting. Okay. Anyway, uh, 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 before we move on, I, I do feel like I, sh- I need to correct something I said um, on a previous show. Uh, I spoke. I was speaking about Chris Burgess um, about how he's coming into the the men's basketball program as an assistant coach under Craig Smith. And I mentioned that uh, his daughter was uh, an All State player, which she was, but um, she is not going to be playing. 
basketball for the youth. She'll be playing uh, volleyball. So that was that was a little mistake I made. I just want to clear that up. And I want to talk a little bit more about Chris Burgess in just a sec. But uh, let me ask you this. Have you tried the Puffs? Puff bars, okay? Puff bars are the best tasting bars that Puff... The Puff bars are the best tasting bars that Built Bar has to offer. Puffs are a fan favorite. They've got some crazy yummy flavors. They've got cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow. My personal favorite's got to be banana cream pie. Banana cream pie. These things are crazy good. These are going to be your new favorites. I mean, but what makes it cool? These are a chocolate bar. It's a, it's a hundred percent real chocolate bar. But it's also kind of healthy. It's got significantly less calories than your than your standard candy bar. Uh, it's loaded with protein, all that good stuff. That's how they do it at Built Bar. They're all about the taste. They make it taste good first, right? And then somehow using magic or um, some sort some sort of alchemy, um, they they figure out how to make it healthy. I, I don't know how they do it, but they just do it. They do it every time. I want you guys to try some Built Bars, okay? So we're gonna throw you guys a promo code. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off built.com. The reason why I hesitated there is I'm not very good at spelling out loud. I've got auditory dyslexia, I'm sure of that. So I just wanted to make sure I was spelling that properly. It's locked 15, 15% off. All right, go to built.com. Check that out. Back talking about Chris Burgess. Uh, he was formally introduced as an assistant coach by Craig Smith. Craig Smith vote, spoke very highly of him. Of course, alluded to um, Chris Burgess's reputation as a recruiter, uh, someone who understands how to develop the big man, all that good stuff, all that stuff that was uh, expected to happen, formally happened. I believe um, Craig Smith was on a local radio station. I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was The Zone or if it was ESPN. But he was talking about, um, you know, how excited. You know, he, he it was before they closed the deal, so he, he couldn't, you know, necessarily spell it out completely. But, you know, his... I think his quote was something like, uh, you know, we got big things in the, in the works and I'm excited about how the staff's coming together. Um, you know, but it was, it was, it had pretty much, it had been very well reported at that point that, uh, Chris Burgess was coming on state or coming on board, um, with Utah. I was reading the word state on my screen. That's why I said that. Uh, here's the, here's the facts. Okay. So this is a big hire. Utah needed this Utah absolutely needed Chris Burgess to come on board if they need if they want to live up to their potential and where they should be and where they should be and what their potential is is to be the best college basketball program in the state it shouldn't even really be that close I think it might get a little bit it, it, that might that might uh, be a little bit more ambitious now that BYU is going to be playing in the pack or excuse me in the big 12 here in the next in the next couple of years. But I don't think there's any excuses. I think the state of the the University of Utah basketball basketball program has been abysmal of late. And I think it's time to turn that around. I feel like bringing on board the best assistants in the state uh, certainly helps that. Um, I think Craig Smith's a a good coach. I think he brings a lot of good energy. I think his passion 
is something that's going to be appreciated. Um, we saw how well he got the uh, student body involved up at Utah State. I think that was something that Utah really wanted to get better at when they were making that hire. Obviously, we, we all know uh, Craig Smith is actually their third choice. Uh, after they fired Larry Kraskoviak, they you know were looking at Alex Jensen. Johnny Bryant was also mentioned as a as a possibility at head coach. Um, but they they settled on Craig Smith, and that's not a bad third option, you know, especially considering how successful he was at Utah State. But I think he really needs to build out a very well rounded staff, put the get the right people in the building, and Chris Burgess is definitely one of those guys. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there shouldn't be any excuses for Utah. You know, they have the best facilities. They have the richest history of success, I think. They play in the Pac-12. They have for years. They've been playing the Pac-12 for over a decade now. There's no excuse. The University of Utah running Utes need to get back to being a power in the national landscape. And that starts with being a power in the statewide landscape. And I think there are. I think it's 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 been encouraging this week to see how much more invested people are, uh, especially the fans, than they have been in recent years. Uh, it seems like every time you know there's a little college basketball rumor, regardless of which program it w- involved, that uh, Utah was in the mix. Somehow they had a spin on the story, and I think that's a good sign for you know raising the level of enthusiasm in the program. For example, BYU's Caleb Lohner, you know, reportedly will be leaving the program. He entered the transfer portal. And I don't know if it'll happen. I don't think it will. Um, some people think it, it, it's too much of a stretch that Ute fans might be getting a little too excited. But some were speculating he might elect to go to Utah, which I don't I don't know if that'll happen. I don't think it will. But I think it's good that that people are in that conversation. I don't I don't think last year that conversation happens on social media. Um, but I, I think it's great and, you know, maybe he will, I think that would be, that'd be a great sign. You know, Burgess is going to work very heavily with the big men and they need it. Utah needs to improve down low. You know, they're, they're going to be a a little bit thin right now as it looks. Um, Riley Batten, who would have been a senior this next year is transferring from the program. He's in the transfer portal. Uh, I don't think he's signed with anyone yet. But as of now, you know, the the big man that you see on the roster is going to be the freshman, Kiba Keta, from Wasatch Academy, who they signed last week. Everybody was really excited about that one. Uh, they've got Lath- Lahat, uh, Theoni, or I hope I'm saying his name right. I don't think I am. Uh, 6'10", senior from Senegal. And Brandon Carlson, who was their leading scorer last year, who had 13.6 points, 6 rebounds. Uh, Theoni just had 3.8 points per game with 3.4 rebounds in a mostly reserve role. So they got to solidify the front court. They've got to get guys who can bang, who can rebound, who can block shots, who can make the most of their possessions. Um, I thought this was kind of an interesting stat. Utah got blocked by opponents nearly four times a game. They sent back just 2.9 blocks themselves. So, Try and even out that number will probably be a priority for the running Utes. But again, I think there's a lot to be excited about, especially the way things came together this last week um, as they reported. And Mike Saunders Jr., Kibiketa, uh, both signed of the program. Um, so did Wilgens. 
uh, shoot, Exact Day Jr. as well. So good signings for Utah. I think there's a lot to be excited about, but there's still work to be done. Utah should be the best basketball program in the state. And these are the, they need to get people excited again. I don't know if, if you've been to the Huntsman Center in the last few years for a Utah basketball game, you'll notice it's much, how I say, less full than it has, than it was during maybe the Majerus era or maybe even the um, Ray Giacoletti era or the Jim Boylan era. Oh my God. Imagine that. Um, you know, they've got to get people excited. And I, I think, you know, making moves like like they did the last week will be huge. So that's my thoughts on basketball. I want to let's get into football next. Um, we, you know, the big game of the year, the opening game is going to be Utah's uh, stroll, I guess you could say, Utah's voyage into the swamp in Gainesville on September 3rd. It won't be their first time playing in the swamp, though. I'll tell you more about their first appearance in the swamp, which was well before I was born. First, though, let me tell you about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. And here's the deal. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible to find the parts you need. It's crazy. I, I mean, I had to do this myself recently. I got in a car accident. I was stupid. Um, I may or may not have been looking at my phone when I shouldn't have been. Blah, blah, blah. That doesn't matter. But, I mean, it's it's annoying to look at the parts and you go, I don't know if my car is an EX or an LX or a... Special edition or whatever. That's it's, it's very annoying, and you. It, it, but Rock Auto makes the whole process very easy. You can do it at home. You can do it in your pocket, and you can you can save thirty, fifty, even a hundred percent. Not a hundred percent, but a hundred percent off of what you would have paid from someone else for the same parts that you would. You know, you, you they say you save what you would have paid at a at a chain store or a car dealership. Well, like, give me, like, here's an example. So there's a, you could imagine a Honda Odyssey fuel pump would cost you $353 from a chain store. You'll pay just $216 from Rock Auto. They're a family business. They serve do-it-yourselfers. They've been doing so for 20 years, but they treat everybody the same. They're reliably low for every customer. They've got every part you could imagine. Go go explore their easy-to-use website today. It's rockauto.com. And when you get to when you get there, you buy your parts. Make sure you write "locked on" in their "How did you hear about us?" box, so they know that we sent you. All right, they've got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And on that same theme of saving a little bit of money, you know, your, what are your big costs? Your car and your home. The other your other cost is the place you live in, and there's a reason. That no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs. Intercap lending gets deals done. Remember that's intercap lending. They've got a quick and simple process. They close their loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And even though they do it quick, what they really want to do is make things simple to create a stress-free home loan process. That's exactly what Lockdown's personal loan officer, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Lockdown listeners so far including David himself, David Locke. And let's be real. If Steve can help David stay on track through the entire process, he can help anyone, including you. All right. So even though Intercap is new to Lockdown Utes, it's not a new dealio. Intercap has been assisting customers with all their mortgage needs since 1978. I'm going to talk about 1977 in a minute. That's the year before Steve got rolling here. 
But Steve's been helping Lockdown listeners with the best experience since 2018. They're headquartered here in Utah, but they're licensed to help with your mortgage needs in 40 different states. Go ahead and give Steve a call. His direct number is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer than Steve. His NMLS number, which I'm required to read, and I can't because I'm dyslexic a little bit, is 190465. For more information, give Steve a number at Give Steve a call at that number I listed or go online to intercaplending.com. Steve's a great guy. I appreciate it. So he's been in business since 1978. I want to tell you a little bit about the year before, 1977. Picture this. It's Jimmy Carter's first year as president. Apple Computers gets incorporated for the first time. The death penalty is reintroduced in the United States of America which, by the way, Utah had the distinction of being the first to, um, to uh, re-implement that. Uh, my favorite baseball team, the Seattle Mariners, had their first inaugural season up there in the Pacific Northwest. Star Wars is released in theaters for the first time. Elvis passes away in Graceland. Uh, Graceland, however he likes to say it, over there in Memphis. Uh, a couple of guys break out as entertainment stars named Billy Joel, um, John Travolta. Those guys become superstars that year. And in that same year, the University of Utah makes its lo- lo- his, its only appearance in Gainesville. That will be until they go to play the Gators on September 3rd of this year. But back in uh, November of 1977, the 19th of November, Utah went to Florida and lost 38-29. to 29. Um, It was scheduled to be Florida's homecoming game, so I think they probably saw Utah's a little bit of a pushover in that, in the, in that era. Um, they came in to the game, Florida did, as a 31-point favorite, according to the American Football Wikipedia wiki. Um, but Utah gave them a little bit of a scare on the homecoming night. They, the Utes led 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, they were outscored 28 to nine in the final period of play to lose 38 to 29. Um, I gotta tell you, there's, it's kind of hard to find info on this game. Um, the box scores are not easy to find. Um, I couldn't even really find a newspaper clip about this story. Um, I, tr- I tried to look online. Uh, obviously, it is 1977. I don't know how well archived a lot of newspaper articles have been from that era, uh, especially I can't imagine a, uh, a football game in which Utah was favored to lose by 31 points being a, a priority to be kept in the Library of Congress, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of hard to find uh, a lot of information on this game. Uh, box scores are very thin, um, but uh, yeah, it, just, it seems like Utah, you know, obviously went down to Florida and, uh, you know, suffered a uh, a loss and a comeback effort by the Gators. Uh, in that season, Florida went 6-4-1, and one. Utah went just 3-8, and eight. Um, but I, I do know an interesting tidbit, something that I was able to find, 1977 was a significant season in Utah football history for one particular reason. It was Ron McBride's first season 
as the offensive coordinator at Utah. Um, that was his first tenure at Utah. Obviously, if you're a big Utah football fan, uh, you know the history really well. You know that Coach Mack had um, multiple tenures with the program. He started. He came into to that position at Utah as the OC uh, in '77. He was there for five years. He left to become the offensive coach, offensive line coach at Wisconsin. Uh, came back to Utah to be the offensive line coach here for another two seasons. Left to coach at uh, the University of Arizona, and finally came back as the head coach. Uh, for the Utes in 1990. So 13 year stretch between his first year as an assistant at Utah and his first year as the head coach of the Utes. So obviously coach Mack, obviously still with us. He's a huge part of the the community here in, in Utah. He, uh, his, his focus has really been helping uh, underserved youth. Um, I know he's really involved with the Glendale neighborhood over there on the west side of Salt Lake. Um, I know he's building a, uh, for a story I did for ABC4, he's building an outdoor running track that's going to have uh, an athletics program to go with it at a at a middle school down there in Glendale. He's the man. He's awesome. Every, everybody loves Coach Mack. Um, he really, he's a friend not only of the, the program to this day, but of every football program in the state. Um, I've seen Coach Mack wear Utah State gear. I've seen him wear BYU gear. I know he he likes Kalani a lot. He obviously coached at Weber State at the end of his uh, coaching career. Um, everybody loves Coach Mack, and uh, if you ever get the chance to be near him to say hi, he's un- un- unbelievably kind, and he 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 knows how to make people feel special, and um, that's why he is who he is. So kind of an interesting tidbit. The last time Utah played Florida was. Uh, was Coach Mack's first year with the Utes, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Anyway, so that's that's the show for tonight. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget the NFL draft is creeping up. All right, today's the twentieth, tomorrow's the twenty-first, and then a week from then, the twenty-eighth. That's the NFL draft. Where's Devin Lloyd going to go? We'll find out. Probably day one, I'm sure. But you got to make draft on locked on draft on NFL lock locked on NFL draft. Your second listen now. You got to listen to my guys Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bringing you the NFL Draft of Life every day with insight analysis on college football prospects and a look behind the curtain at NFL front offices. Like Locked on Utes, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.